Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Running the 615. This is your host, Drew Jones. You are listening to episode 11. We have put out 10 episodes for Running the 615, and so far, I couldn't be any happier with how things have gone. I really appreciate all of you who have listened to the podcast, who have reached out to me to give feedback, who have told others about it, who have given reviews online. Just really appreciate the, again, support, I guess you could say. I'm trying something new going forward. The past 10 episodes, every intro that I've done, I've kind of written the script down, if you will, and just read off a page with what's coming up in the next episode. I'm going to try to just wing it from here on out. I have heard from a couple people out there that they'd like me to be a little bit more off the cuff and you know, maybe run my mouth a little bit more. So that'll probably happen as uh, we get more episodes in here. But again, thanks everybody for the support and really appreciate all the, the love you've given running the 615 so far. Let's talk about today's guest, Sharon Thompson. Sharon is a very fast runner and she is a super cool lady. I really enjoyed talking to her. I did not know Sharon until I met her earlier this week. I definitely have heard of Sharon's name many times because of how great of a runner she is. She's really good friends with Chris Duncan, who is our guest on episode 10. They're, in fact, running partners and and train a lot together. Sharon, in a matter of days, is going to be running in the Olympic trials in Atlanta for the marathon. It will be her fourth Olympic trials, which is just amazing. Sharon grew up in Michigan. She was the middle child of five. All five, including her four siblings, were runners in college, so it definitely was in the blood. She won a state title in high school in the 3200. She still holds five high school records where she went to school in Michigan. She eventually ran at the University of Tennessee where she went to college, and she was an All-American there, an SEC champion her senior year in the 5K, and was also All-SEC all four years while she was at Tennessee. After college, she made the world team for USA in cross country. And again, she has been a four-time Olympic trials qualifier. I mean, she's just really fast. There's just, there's no other way to say it, but it was just neat to hear about her story. Some of her PRs are 15 minutes, 41 seconds in the 5K, one hour, 15 minutes in the half marathon, and her marathon PR is two hours and 41 minutes. She's very down to earth. It was it was neat to talk to her, obviously about her running, but also about her family and how she met her husband and what it's like raising four children and being a runner and, and training for the Olympic trials. It was just a great conversation, and I really appreciated her coming by and talking to me, you know, so close to getting ready to go run in the Olympic trials, which I will be going to as well and look forward to cheering her on. So after you listen to the episode, find Sharon Thompson on Facebook or on Instagram and give her a shout out and wish her well or congratulate her on her Olympic trials race because she is a she's a really cool lady and really again glad to talk to her and one of the best runners in nashville so it was great that she came to chat with us here thanks as always for the support here we go everyone episode 11 sharon thompson (laughs) 
I am sitting across from Sharon Thompson, who is about 72 hours away from running in the Olympic trials this weekend in Atlanta, Georgia, the Marathon Olympic trials. Thank you, Sharon, first of all, for being here. Certainly. So we're going to talk about the Olympic trials. That is super exciting. But first, we always want to give you the chance to tell your story as far as how you got started in running. How old were you and really how did running just become a part of your life? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I started running in seventh grade. My older brother and sister, they were in high school and they had really paved the way for running and they were doing really well in track and cross country. We didn't have a cross country at my school, so I did track. And so I just went out one day to the track and the coaches were there and they kind of knew my brother and sister had success in the longer distances. So they kind of put me in those events. But really, I was just going out for fun and because my older brother and sister did. Right. So you are one of five. I'm one of five. I'm right in the middle. And you, all five of you ran track or cross country in college. We did. Man. Everyone always asks how that happened. And I have no idea. Were your parents runners? My dad did. He did. And he always told us stories of he's one of seven kids. Right. And all the brothers ran. And he would always tell us funny stories about them running and stuff like that. Right. So it was to some degree, it was, uh, it was maybe even carved out for you before you started in it. It was, it was part of the family. It was you, in the genes. There you go. You grew up in Michigan. I not, did. not the best, I guess, conditions to be a distance runner. I grew up in Northeast Ohio, pretty similar, just cold a, a lot of the time, Freezing. right? Yeah. So you started running in junior high. When was the first time that you ran in something that you felt that I I guess feeling of success and like, yeah, okay, this is this is gonna be a part of my future and I feel like I want to do more of this. Yeah, probably I was in the the mile or the two mile. I did those distances in seventh grade to start out. Obviously I got to run, you know, the four by eight and the four by four. But probably just in the mile I would go out and win that or the two mile and sometimes even lap girls. So when I started doing that, I knew, okay, I'm gifted. I'm going to be like my brother and sister. This is something that I can do and be good at. There you go. So there was, I guess, even some degree of it of a unknown for you until you were actually running in those races to like, see like, just like brother and sister, I've got this too. Yeah. And what was really funny is that by eighth grade, I was known for being fast. And so when I got on the track, sometimes they would start the boys and girls together in the two mile and the boys, some of my friends, they didn't want to, they didn't want to run with me Oh, they already because knew. they knew that I was going to laugh them. And you know, when I got on that line, it didn't matter if you were my best friend or if you're my guy friend, when I got on that line, I wanted to compete. And so I went to win. And sure. so that's what I did. Yeah. Like our friend, Chris Duncan, who discovered it at an early age and also had success at an early age that really, it was a short time between starting running, realizing that you had this success uh, inside of you and like, okay, it's, it's green light from here going forward. Yeah. And like, if you start winning and you're getting recognition for something, it just fuels you to want to do better. And who doesn't like being recognized as being fast? For sure. So as far as your high school career is concerned, what would you say was your favorite distance that you ran as a high school runner? 
Favorite distance? I love the mile. I did. And I love doing all the relays. Yeah. Relays are fun from someone who has been more of a spectator. You know, I have to help coach a couple of area high school and junior high teams and watch like the relays are just exciting. They're man. so exciting. We, I mean, we went to state in the four by eight almost every year. And I remember my senior year, I did the four by eight, the mile and the two mile. And right after that, I had to run the four by four. So they even put me in the four by four, which I'm not a 400 runner, but they needed me yeah. and they made it to state. So um, I got to do that as well. They're like, we, we are going to use it, you. It helps our chances if Sharon joins this team. Yeah. When in high school did you feel like college was going to be being a collegiate runner was, was in your future as well? Was it, I mean, of course your brother and sister were already doing it. Did you have like a specific time where you're like, okay, this is something then I want to take it as far as I can. My junior year was like an eye-opening experience for me because my freshman year, I came out not knowing much, never running cross country, and I made all state my freshman year. Sophomore and junior year, I made it to state by myself because my team didn't make it, but I didn't perform as well as I would have liked. That could have been so many different reasons, not putting in the work or injuries. But after my junior year cross country and it didn't turn out the way I liked it, I remember my dad coming up to me and he was kind of trying to push me a little bit just to like nudge me like, hey, I know you can run in college. I know you can do more than what you're doing. And he said to me, which is so funny, my older brother was on a scholarship a little bit of a scholarship. And then my sister, same. But he was like, hey, listen, Sharon, like if you don't get a scholarship, I can't afford to send you to school. You're gonna have to stay home. And that clicked. And I was like, I don't want to stay home. I don't want to go to a community college. And so from that moment, after that race, he told me that I, that year, I worked so hard. Kudos to your dad. He knew he, he knew, knew what to, he, I, he needed knew to what do. Kind of gas to pour on the fire. Yeah, there he did. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So successful high school career. What was your decision making in ultimately landing at University of Tennessee? How did that come to be? I looked at a ton of different colleges. I think the reason why I went to Tennessee is because I was familiar with the area. My older brother went there. He did the steeple and distance. I was in middle school when he was there. Right. So we would take road trips and see you him. Just your running. I was just starting running. Right. And I remember going there for spring break. I mean, I just knew the campus inside and out. And I think, yeah, it was a home away from a home. Right. And it's definitely warmer in Tennessee than it is in Michigan. Hands down, that was my number one. I wanted to get out of Michigan and go somewhere warm. There you go. So tell me about your collegiate running. And I'll start off by asking this question through working in the running industry, through now working for a running brand. A lot of my friends, coworkers also were were collegiate runners. I would say 90% of them that I know at some point in time in college were injured, mainly because of the jump in mileage from high school to college. Tell me about your college career with, with running and anything. You know, if you want to start off, what did you have a period of time where you were injured in college? Yes. Yeah. So freshman year, no problems. I came in and actually, you know, one of the reasons why I went to Tennessee, I was so excited to go there was I basically led my middle school and high school teams. Like I never, I was always the number one girl, you know, whenever I got on the line for them, for my team. And so I was really excited to go to Tennessee to compete at a higher level. When I got there, I was surprised my freshman year, we were racing in 
I want to say North Carolina. And I guess like I had like 400 meters to go and I realized I was in second place. I was almost going to win the the race. I ended up getting second, but I led the Lady Vols. And I think from then on, I kind of teetered back and forth being that the main distance runner, I guess you could say for the ladies balls. So my freshman year, I did fantastic. It was my sophomore year that I had an injury in the hip that even doctors to this day, they, they just didn't know what happened. And I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Basically so, completely just took you away from running. And you only get a red shirt season, you know, like no one wants to use their red shirt for the whole year. Usually you red shirt, maybe like cross country. And then the next year, maybe you red shirt indoor. And then the next year you red shirt outdoor. So then you can have a fifth year. Right. Well, I had to use my whole entire red shirt year, my sophomore year. And I was in doctor's offices. We did acupuncture. We did MRIs. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I even had at one point a doctor say, Sharon, you just might not ever be able to run again. Wow. And and what you're 19 years old. When, when, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And something that I love to do. And that year was really hard because I'd see all my teammates out there maybe getting personal bests or just being a part of the team that's winning. But at the end of that year, going into the summer, miraculously, it went away. I started back training very slowly and I was soon able to build back up to where I was. Right. And that was a bit of an anomaly, but thankfully didn't, didn't hang around for, for and the rest of college. You were able to compete junior, senior year. I was. I had another episode of injuries in my junior year and uh, stress fractures. Right. So. Stress. Well, I mean, I, I just obviously when you're running in college, it's just a lot of running. I mean, that's that's what it is. But it's a pretty thin line between running high mileage and pushing yourself to be at your peak and going over that line and, and being injured and not being able to run. So, I mean, my longest run my freshman year, my coach had me go eight to 10 miles. And that was like my long run. And she was my first coach. And I had a new coach every year. Oh, wow. That makes it harder. Different coach, different thoughts each year. Yes. Yeah. So your husband also went to University of Tennessee. Tell me about how you met him. You guys almost both went to another school, but as fate would have it, ended up in Knoxville. We started dating my sophomore year. Now, my freshman year, he always tried to date me, but I had a boyfriend back at home right. in Michigan, and he would always be like, when are you going to break up with your boyfriend? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But the first time I met him freshman year, he was sitting next to me in the cafeteria, Gibbs Hall, yep. and he was sitting to my left, and I remember him coming, sitting down, and he put his hand out right away, and he said, hi, my name's Kevin Thompson. I was like, I'm Sharon. And I thought he was gorgeous, first of all. He was a decathlete. So the decathletes, they were always on the track with their shirts off and they looked gorgeous and they were always running around the track doing tons of different events, you know. That boyfriend back home in Michigan stood no chance, did he? <laughs> Not really. Really? It was a matter of time. Uh, hey, I'm Kevin. If you need me, I'll be on the track with my shirt off later on. Gosh. So let's hang out. <laughs> but yeah, so when we started dating, it was funny because we realized that we both almost went to Auburn. Oh, wow. And we just thought that was so funny and basically meant to be. Right. So Kevin was going to play 
his main sport was track, right. but he was going to play football and track at Auburn. And for some reason he gave a verbal commitment, but at the last minute it didn't feel right. And he, he changed his mind. But anyways, when we were dating, Kevin and I realized that we, like I almost committed there as well. Yeah. Well, that one worked out. Good, good. Uh, it was meant to be. There you go. And you said your parents were super supportive of your running, your your entire running career. They were they all were a the part time. of it. They were coming to all of my races. I don't remember one race my dad didn't make in high school. And then same as in college, like the girls at Tennessee, you know, we'd be going on a bus trip maybe to Alabama or Auburn. And the joke on the bus would be like, okay, we don't know who's going to be here. We don't know who's coming, but we do know that there will be Dickies, which is my parents. Sharon's parents are going to be there. (laughs) And they said that too, because they would drive everywhere. Right. My parents love taking road trips. And so my freshman year, they made it by car to Kansas. That was where nationals were. They made it everywhere. You name it. They drove from Michigan to Kansas. Man. Yeah. And that's helpful, man. I mean, to know that your parents are going to be there. There's just something about having supportive parents and family members that makes a difference that they're going to be there. I I played college golf and slightly different as far as uh, the spectator component to golf than it is track and field. But my dad was an outside salesman and he, I'll never forget, we played in a tournament in Florida and he didn't tell me he was going to be there and we were getting ready to head off to the first tee and I just came around the corner and he was standing there and like, you know, I remember being 20 years old and seeing my dad and like just having this like place in my heart. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, like this is, man. It's the best feeling. It is. It really is. Yeah. That's great that you had supportive parents like that and with five kids all running college, they have seen their share of track meets. Exactly. I mean, they they were everywhere. (laughs) Are they still in Michigan? They actually just moved down here to Franklin. Well, now, 615 (laughs) here. Well, it's a very good place to be. So that's good that they're that they're down here with you. So let's let's talk just a little bit more about college. What ultimately was your kind of highlights of your college career running running for University of Tennessee? Yeah, I would say making all American and cross country the year after I was injured with that hip injury. So I came back from that and that season I made all American. And I remember that race to this day, Chris Duncan actually was at it. And we talk about it all the time because it was in Iowa and it was freezing. And I remember people were standing inside the hotel area or something just to be out of the freezing cold. It was below zero. It was Iowa. And I just remember standing on the line, getting ready to run. I mean, everybody was freezing. We wore tights and usually, you know, you wear other stuff. But the first 200 meters I took out and I remember seeing my older brother came back to watch me run. And I saw my mom and my dad and my brother, and I remember they couldn't see me in the big pack. And they this is cross country. This is right? cross country. Outside, and yeah. the one thing I do remember is them looking for me, and I just put my hands up like this and gave them a thumbs up. Right. And my dad was like, I knew you had it in the bag. As soon as you did that, I didn't even worry. I knew that today was going to be Sharon's race. Man. And so, so I ended cool. up getting 26th, I think. Yeah. And making All American because All American was like top. 30 or 35. Right. 
and you were all SEC all four years. Yeah. So that's yeah. another big thing. I guess they highlight me at the Lady Vols is that I was the only person to make all SECs all four years, all region all four years, and then make it to the NCAAs all four years in cross wow. country. And one year in my junior year, I had already redshirted sophomore year, so I couldn't take any more redshirt. And I was in the pool the entire season until SECs, regionals, and nationals. So I literally swam in the pool and did all of my cardio. And then I only came out of the pool for running the SEC meet, the regionals, and nationals. I made Man, it to nationals my year. Yeah. So it just shows you that you can, you know, keep that fitness going. I water jogged. I did the arm bike, I did the elliptical, and I was just so determined to get to those races that I did whatever it took to, you yeah, know, prepare myself. Good, to not running to be able to run exactly the races. The swimming team knew me more than the track team. <laughs> yeah. They're like, "You're always in the pool, Sharon." Yeah. At first, I started with the water jogging belt, right, and then we took that off, and I was able to do workouts without it. Yeah, because I was like really strong. Man, that is super cool. So it's it's probably jumping forward a little bit, but I want to talk about the Olympic trials that's coming up this weekend. Again, you have run, this will be your fourth Olympic trials you're participating in. You did it twice for the 10,000 and this is now your second marathon trials. Is that right? That's correct. So for myself and for listeners, what is the Olympic trials? Like how do you, first of all, how do you qualify for the Olympic trials? And then what is it actually when you're competing in the trials? Like what's, what's going on? Tell us about just kind of that experience and all that it entails. So um, the track is different from the marathon. So the track, they take the top 25 athletes, I believe, and you have to hit a certain time. Time so standard. Time standard. Right. And it's just the top 25 in the country. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And gotcha. then with the marathon, same thing. You have to hit a certain time, but it's a, there's a little bit more room. So like this year, how many girls made the Olympic trials? I think there was like 500. Right. So there, you know, the marathon, there's more. So it's completely different from track. I would say the Olympic trials, you have to hit the, there's an A standard and a B standard. So in order to go to the Olympics, you need to be in the top three mm -hmm. and you have to have hit the A standard. Right. So if you've been one of my girlfriends in college, she got third place in the 800 meters in 2004, because I was there running the 10, she did not have the A standard. So they gave her, I think, two weeks to make that, you know, try to get that time. Mm -hmm. But she never ended up getting it. So she wasn't able to go. And then the next person went up. Wow. Yeah. So it's pretty... It, it, that's it's intense. That's yeah. That's that's a, the best word to describe it is intense because you've got the marathon trials coming up. So the first two were ten ten thousand, and now the last two trials, the last trials, and now the one you're about to go to were the marathon. The standard for women to qualify for the Olympic trials is what two forty five two hours forty five minutes. And then this most recent one, did you go into the race that you ultimately qualified for the trials for the purpose of trying to qualify, or was it just I want to run as good as I can and we'll just see what No, happens. the purpose was to make the trials. Gotcha. At that time, it was. I started running, come this May, will be almost a year. And right off the bat, Chris and Kyle were like, oh my gosh, you, let's, the Olympic trials are this year. We're going to get you in shape and you're going to, you're going to make it to the trials. Yeah. And 
Although I thought, okay, maybe I could do that. You know, it wasn't until the training started coming slowly and I saw my progression that I actually believed it. I went to the Indianapolis Marathon to qualify. That was my chance, my one, probably my only shot because it was so close. That's 2000. Was that November 2019? That was November. This was this last November. Right. Comic feed, Chris Duncan, talk about two great training partners. Like I would, I would train for eating casseroles with those guys. If that just They're got to best. spend time with them. They're the best. They use like, I usually have Kyle on my right, Chris on my left. And sometimes just to annoy me, they'll sandwich me or they'll like try to give each other high fives, hitting me in the face or, and they tell jokes half the time they have to explain the joke to me because <laughs> I don't get it, but they're just the best guys. They I'm are so lucky I get to run with them. They are friendly. That is two, again, that is two great training partners. Yes. So you're, you're going to Indianapolis. It's November 2019. You know you need to run a 245. 2018 became 2019. Qualifying for the trials wasn't necessarily on your radar, but then you start training to get there. Tell me about that race and how it went and what was it like to push for a specific time to try to qualify for the trials. So not many people know this, but the fall leading up to, you know, my fall training leading up to my November race, I hurt my Achilles and my plantar fascia. So I had to taper back a little bit and I didn't even know if I was going to be able to run that race. So I actually didn't sign up for that race until two weeks out. I waited to the very last possible minute to make sure you to make sure I was able, going to be able to run it. I did have some doubts on, you know, my foot. But I was able to just through maintenance of getting laser treatment and needling and massaging, I was able to get to the starting line. So once I get there, it was 24 degrees, it was freezing again. And my kids came to watch me run, but I had a plan. I stuck with the plan. My coach, his name's Gary Brimmer from Texas, and he helped me with my first marathon. And so he was helping me with this one again. He just told me my splits. He was just like, don't go any faster. All we're trying to do, we're not trying to go for time. We're trying just to make you get into the race. Right. We need you to, you know, be under 245. That's 244, it. 59 is exactly. Awesome. We'll take it. That's yeah. right. One thing I didn't prepare for was training with the goo and fluids. Right. And so that really hurt me in the race. I think around mile 20, I took my last goo. It didn't sit well with me. And I started dry heaving. And I would say around that time, my plantar fascia started hurting too. Something I can run with. Mm -hmm. It wasn't killing me, but it was definitely there. And I noticed it. I still was on pace. I still was doing great. So stomach kept getting a little bit more upset. And by the time I'd say the last three miles, it was not good. I started literally projectiling vomit with maybe a mile to go. And mid run. I'm up. talking like I'm running and throwing up at the same time. Wow. Catching throw up in my hand. The throw up's getting in my hair. I feel bad for anyone that was around me because I'm sure I sprayed them with throw up. And I threw up a lot. It wasn't just a little bit. It was literally brown like throw Man. up. And I had a white shirt on. So Kyle loves this picture, but he... My shirt is completely brown. Just like you just like I have gravy. Brown yeah. gravy. That yeah. would be a good yes. Instead of a goo, you were taking gravy at every other water stop. Yes. <laughs> I have it all down my legs. My shoes were all full of vomit. And the thing that I remember is that when I was coming in to finish, the crowd when I would throw up, because you know it's packed. Right. 
they go, oh, ew. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is going to be on YouTube. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness I'm getting to do this in front of a bunch of strangers. I know. This is and awesome. So my husband later was like, Sharon, I didn't know you were throwing up. I thought you were stumbling. And I'm like, no, baby, I was, I was thrown up. I wish I was stumbling. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then I even threw up on the mat that you cross. Man. I literally vomited right there. And some nice old man came and put the little foil thing around me. And I threw up on him. <laughs> and I said, I am so sorry. And he goes, don't be sorry. He's like, you just qualified for the Olympic trials. He gave me a big hug, put the foil thing around me. And then I kind of helped me off. But I mean... I literally toughed that last mile and a half out just because uh, I knew I was so close. I'll I was say, like, yeah, I knew I was really close to hit that time. And so I was running and throwing up. So what'd you run? I ran 243, 45. Man, so cool. I know. Barely squeaked in. <laughs> oh, man, that is that is effort for sure. I mean, most people, myself included, if you have like one little throw up on a run, okay, maybe I'm going to get through this. After throw up two, game over, step off the side of the course and find a Panera Bread. Well, that was the first for me. And man. my children... They they thought it was pretty funny too. Well, I'll just say that. <laughs> well, you're here now, and like you said, you did qualify. <laughs> Tell me about your thoughts just going into Atlanta. How's your foot feeling? What's the game plan? I guess foot is okay, a little flare up, but it's okay. Nothing that won't set me back. My plan is to run six minute pace. So the other race I was doing six fifteen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to hit six minute pace. Gotcha. Leave it all out there. Leave it all out there. Right. And I think my coach wants me to do six minute pace to about eight mile 18. Mm -hmm. And then from there, he'll let me go. So just for all of you who are listening, I want to make sure you understand this correctly. Sharon is going to run the first 18 miles at six minute pace, and then she's going to pick it up a little bit. That's the plan. (laughs) So So where did you run your marathon trials? Your first go around? Chicago. Chicago. I loved Chicago. So Gary Brimmer, he was a uh, family friend, you could say. Kevin and I in college, we flew out to Hawaii to visit my brother who was in the Air Force. Gary was one of his friends. And I remember running just a short five miles with these guys. And I remember Gary saying to me, I'm going to train you someday for a marathon. And I literally laughed in his face because I was like, oh my gosh, I hate, I don't even, I don't even like the 5k. I was like, I like to run the mile, you know, like I don't, you know. Short and fast, bud. So then I graduate, I have a kid and then there you go. He trains me for my first, first marathon. It was 2010 Chicago. Man. And there at my first marathon, I qualify for the 2012 Olympic trials. Which were also in Chicago. Uh, no, they were in Dallas, I believe. Houston. Oh, so you, no, you, Houston. You qualified at the Chicago Marathon yes. in that race in October. And then when you ran the trials, the trials were actually in Texas, in Houston. Yes. Yeah. Man, so cool. So this is, I mean, it's probably hard to pick something out, but looking back on your running career, that is by no means over. You're 72 hours away from the trials. What would you say is something that just sticks out as like a really, really cool thing that you would label a highlight of, of your running career to date? A couple races, but I think the one that sticks out is another cold race. I was in New York and I was running the 8,000 meters in cross country to try to make the world team. Mm-hmm. 
And this is college? And no, this is after college. Post college, okay. Mm-hmm. And I on paper, I wasn't ranked to make the team, you know. But I went out there, it was again freezing, and somehow I was able to squeak into the top six, beating like some professional runners. And I was, I made the long course because they have a short course and a long course. I made the long course team and I got to make a world team and we went to Japan and we competed there. Holy cow. Yeah. How cool. Because so Sarah Slattery, we had like Shalane Flanagan and Kara Goucher and short course and long course. But all those were the girls that I ran with. And we got to fly out to Japan and, and do a world cross country. Man. Yeah. That is awesome. So then what, what would you say as far as just like your favorite race you've ever run in road race? What's What's your favorite? My hometown, the Crim. Have you ever heard of the Crim? I have. Yeah. Okay. So I ran that race growing up. Yeah. My coach would always have us do it just for like a fun run. It's a 10 mile. It was part of a training, but I came back right before I ran Chicago or Chicago marathon and I got third overall and I beat a couple of people that were well known. And I remember thinking, okay, I am ready for Chicago. Yeah. I think I ran 55 minutes and some change for the 10 mile, for the 10 mile. And it's a pretty hilly course, That's but just being in my hometown and everyone was cheering me on and they knew me for running in, at, you know, lady balls, UT. And then now I was running for Nike. So they were cheering me on and excited. I want to talk a little bit about you and your family. You and Kevin have been married how long? 15 years. 15 years. 16 in August. There you go. He is a super nice guy. I've met him several times. You have four kids. We do. Right. And tell me about your kids. Where where are they in their lives right now? And is, is running going to be a part of their future? I would guess so. You hope so. Yes, we hope so. We haven't pushed it yet, but we we do hope that they take to it. So Luke is my oldest son. He is 12. He's heavily involved in anything like sport related. So he loves football. He does basketball, soccer. This year, he was most proud, I think, of beating his daddy's record at the same age, you know, so he did 32 touchdowns. And so him and Kevin in the house, listening to them go back and forth, like Luke would say, hey, I'm going to get your record. And, you know, the the smack that they would talk back and forth. But he finally, I think he had one more game and he was able to crack over and beat his dad. So that's cool. And then Sienna uh, is my first daughter and she is 10. She likes to run cross country and she does soccer as well. She actually ran in her first cross country race this year and placed, let's see, fourth at state. There you go. And she ran four, no, I'm sorry, 552. In the mile? In the mile cross country. 10 years old. (laughs) 10 years old. Yikes. In the blood as well. I will say it was so fun to watch, watch that race. Yeah. So, and then my other daughter, Samantha, she's competitive in uh, soccer and she also plays basketball. And then my little girl, Summer, she just started gymnastics and will start soccer. She's five. There you go. So you have continued your running career for quite some time post-collegiately, still very successful at it. Tell me about what it's like balancing being a wife, a mother to four 
running your own business. You own a cycle bar in Franklin, which I know is a super fun place. I know people that go there that really enjoy Thank that you. location. Tell me how how you go about managing all those things and still being a runner. You know, when you're trying to qualify for the Olympic trials and a marathon, that is that is some time that you need to be out running. How do you make it all work? It's not easy. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. Time management. I mean, I have a great husband, a good partner. We make a good team. So the majority of the time I'm doing all my workouts in the morning, I have to do everything bright and early and I want to get back in time to get Luke on the bus at 650. So if I can get my workout done in the morning, then I can get my kids off to school, go to work, you know, come home and the night starts with all the activities and stuff. If for some reason, you know, I can't do a workout in the morning that's when my husband comes into play and he helps me throughout the day. Like maybe he'll pick up the kids from school so I can go hit a track workout. So we definitely are a good team. He helps me out and juggling it is not easy, but we, we seem to do it. I don't know how us moms do it, but we do it. So we get the stuff done. Yeah. So it helps that Chris Duncan likes to see the sunrise. He mentioned that several times on his podcast. So I'm sure he's out there with you in the morning early runs. What what time will you will you start a morning run sometimes to get it make sure you're getting it in? Five between five and five thirty. Yeah. Is when we meet. He has to get off to his business mm-hmm. and Kyle has to get off to his business. So the morning works for us. So right. that's why we're such a good team. Yeah. Because the morning works for us. So you are heading to Atlanta in a on couple Thursday. days on Thursday. Yep. And the race is a, what time is the start of the race? It's noon. They say the guys go first mm-hmm. and then we're like 12, 20 subject to change because of the TV. Right. And you're running. So the course that you're running on, there's actually a marathon on Sunday in Atlanta, a half marathon and a marathon for the general public, but you're running the day before on the Olympic trials and you're doing, you're doing a loop course, correct? That's right. Right. And that was similar when I went into Houston. Right. They had loops. And it's nice for the spectators because mm-hmm. you guys can see more. And it's also nice for the news yeah. because they can get more footage of the athletes. And about how long is each loop? How many miles? In Houston, it was different. I, to tell you the truth, I know we do two big loops and a little loop. So maybe six to eight miles. Right. I'm just guessing. Well, I will be there, Sharon. I know. I'm so excited. Barking at you for sure. Better be yelling. Yes. Oh God. That's, that's about the only thing I'll be able to do, (laughs) do well is yell at you. Is your husband still run? Is Kevin still a runner? He does. Yeah. He cycles at cycle bar, I would say three or four times a week. And then he runs just a little bit, but he wasn't a distance runner. Right. And the funny story with that is he actually did a marathon before I did a marathon. He did one, I want to say maybe 2009 with my brother just for fun. And I had never run a marathon. And I remember watching him and being at the event and everyone was cheering and it was so huge. And it was also in Chicago and it kind of got an itch in me to be like, Oh my gosh, I totally want to do this. This looks like amazing. He beat Oprah. So he was proud about that. Boom. There you go. Yeah. So I've actually told people that before. There's a lot of people that run and then they'll do a half marathon and they're kind of like, man, that's, that's enough. That was far. I, I enjoyed it, but I just, I just don't feel like I could run twice that. I just do not feel like I could run 26 miles. And 
Of course, I, I think anybody can do it if they if they want to, if they set aside time to train for it and prepare. I think anyone can run a marathon. And I always encourage people, if you let's say you are going to run one. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to do this a lot, but I'd like to run one. Man, run a big one. Run Chicago. Run New York City. Because the crowds and yeah. the people are going to push God, you and fuel is, you to the end. Yeah, it yes. is just it is just an experience to be in the middle of that sea of humanity, not only that you're running with, but the people cheering for you. Like it's, I just, I always say it's like running in a parade and you're the float yes. basically. Hands um, down. So run a marathon, everybody think about it. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Nashville. Sharon, you okay. have lived here how long? 10 years. 10 years. And you guys have owned Cycle Bar for how long? This will be four years four in years. August. Right. And have you always lived in Franklin? We have. Okay. So tell me what it is that you feel is something that is kind of Nashville about you now that you've been here a decade. Well, the hospitality. So I feel like I'm in my business, I'm pretty friendly as well. So I think the Southerners are, you know, from the North to the South, they're known for being Southern hospitality. Right. I feel like I'm that way. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) That's a good way to be. Is there anything about you that you do not feel is Nashville? I don't have an accent. Yeah, that's true. I, again, going going to uh, high school in Ohio, I don't feel like I have a true Southern draw. Although I talk so much, I feel like I've picked up some of it. Picked I went to college at, in Alabama. so Okay. Yeah, a little bit. What would you say if you were mayor of Nashville and you could make some uh, some changes to, to our city, what's something you'd like to do? The traffic is getting bad. So I would like to see a subway system or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, it's amazing as big as this city is. And we actually talked to Brittany, another guest on the podcast about it, that Nashville's transit system is is basically, there isn't one really. No. So we need an L like, like Chicago. I, how I think that, it would be so easy. How long does it take to build a subway system? I don't know. I mean, I think surely New, it wouldn't take that long. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> New York's, if I'm not mistaken, New York city was built based on the subway system. Yes. Like the subway system was there first and then New York City came to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we have a chance to pull that off. But Who knows? Yeah. Make me mayor and I'll figure it out. That's true. <laughs> We're, I, I like it. I think that's a good start. Are you a music fan, Shane? I am. Yeah. Yes. Tell me, who is your, who's one of your favorite bands or what's one of your favorite shows that you've seen in Nashville? I love Bruno. I went and saw him twice now. So yeah. he's hands down, best dancer, he can put you in a good mood. So. Bruno Mars. He Bruno Mars. Move and I saw him at in concert twice. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If you could have a dream concert scenario where you go get back from the trials and you and Kevin are going to see a show Sunday night, rhyme in front row seats, who would you like to see? Well, I, I love Coldplay, but I know they wouldn't play there. They were. I saw for, really. I saw uh, Coldplay at the Ryman. Stop. I mean, there is there is like it was early on. It was like two thousand five. Because okay. now they they're small. all overseas, but they're, they're big time now. I would yeah. love to see Coldplay. Yeah, they are super. So how super was fun. it? Is awesome. Like Coldplay is one of my favorite bands for sure. Yes, yes they are. <laughs> my favorite thing about them is you truly feel like they love what they are doing mm-hmm. as much as you love and all their songs I mean all their songs are fun like it is mm-hmm. it is a slam dunk as far as entertainment and going to see a concert it's just a pretty yeah it's no chance that you walk out of there anything other than smiling like going to see Bruno Mars That's right Okay, so we're going to do running the 615 speed sessions which is quick questions Oh my goodness which I can tell you're super excited about. Let's start Palms off. Are sweating. Let Palms me ask are you sweating. This. What is your fastest mile you've ever run in your life? 4.42. Whoa. Yeah. Man, that is so fast, Sharon. We're going to give you longer than four minutes and 42 seconds to answer these questions. Oh, okay. 
Do you like running more on roads or trails? Roads. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early. Four kids requires it. That's right. Yes. What is your favorite Nashville restaurant? Tin Roof 2. What's up? Oh, gosh. Kyle McPhee, Kyle McPhee. Kyle McPhee, talk to you before you guys came here. (laughs) You and Duncan both. Would you rather drink coffee, tea, soda, water, or alcohol? Coffee. Coffee. Love it. What about dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay. Is there anything that annoys you? Anything that annoys me? I think people that are that get upset over something really small. Yeah. They don't just brush it off. That's a good one. How about this? Is there something that you know is not good for you, but you do it anyway? Drink alcohol? There you go. <laughs> Eat <Okay>. sugar? <laughs> both both are endorsed. I love it. Well, how about this? Is there something that you know that is good for you that you wish you did more of? Stretching. Stretching. Yes. Post run stretching. Yes. I'm re- I'm really bad at doing a workout. Kyle and Chris can, they get so mad at me for this, but I'm always in a hurry to get home to the family or the kids and I'll just do a workout and get in the car and they're right. like, no, 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 you gotta stretch. Yeah. What about foam rolling? You do any of that? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Foam rolling. So that's, that's something that you can, that, well, there you go. That's, you're, you're getting in some kind some, of stretching at some point. If you're some, not doing some. it right after the run, that's okay. <laughs> Would you rather have cookie or candy? Cookies. Yes. What's your favorite kind of cookies? Chocolate chip. Yes. Do you know, what is your favorite sports team? It used to be anywhere Peyton Manning was, I right. followed him and I loved the he Broncos. Was, the, so was, and he, I liked, was he there when you were at University of Tennessee? I met him. He left, but I did get to see him on my recruiting visit. He was in Gibbs Hall. He was I remember on his way that out as you were on your way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, he is. But I would say the Titans now. They're in our backyard. I love going to a Titans game with my son and husband. Sharon, that's the best answer you could possibly have. Yep, I live Titan. and breathe by the Tennessee Titans, especially after this season. I oh, know. We had a good my season. Gosh, so So fun. are we going to so get fun. Tom Brady or no? I'd be all about it. <laughs> I mean, it's like saying you're a basketball fan. Would you guys like to have Michael Jordan? Yeah. Of course. We'll take course. him, please. I know he's a little bit late in his career, but if we get Tom Brady and he takes the Titans to the Super Bowl, L-O-V-E. Mm-hmm. Love. What is your dream vacation spot? Probably somewhere with my husband and kids. I always say Bora Bora. I don't know why, yeah. but I think I've seen pictures in a magazine. It looks exotic and awesome. So I'm sure I know where it is. It sounds Bora, great. Yeah. Super far away and it's in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Bora Bora it is. Do you have a favorite TV show or movie of all time? I know Pretty Woman, hands down. My mom and I, that, that was our favorite movie. So go. I'd say Pretty Woman and Friends. Friends, yep. I heard there's going to be a Friends reunion. Really? Not a heard. I, I just, think I saw it. They, if you turn on a Friends episode, you can't help but get in a good mood. They there just you. are so funny. There you go. What is the best way to recover after a long or difficult run workout? I would say cryotherapy or an ice bath. Yeah. And then stretching, which I need to do. You <laughs> Protein do shake. Yeah. All good. Is there anything you are afraid of? Hmm. Maybe something unexpectedly happening like the Kobe Bryant case, right. you know, just like one day waking up and losing someone like that. I just, that would, yeah, that would kill for me. Sure. Do you listen to music or no music when you run? If I'm by myself, I'm listening to music. Jamming out. Yes. Me too. What is your favorite part of living in Nashville? There's so much to do. Yeah. I mean, we can take advantage of the Predators, the Titans, T-Pack, Broadway, Symphony. My husband and I love to go to the Ryman. I mean, there's so much to do. And we live in Franklin, so we're just, what, 20, 30 minutes from the big city. So 
I love that there's so much to do for families and for adults. Yeah, man, we are, we are in a great spot. Is there anything you want to do before you die that you haven't done yet? I love traveling. I mean, I feel like we do a good job of that right now, but I mean, there's so many places I'd love to see that I haven't seen so far. Keep moving and traveling. Ireland would be another place I'd like to go see. This last summer, we went to Switzerland as a family, and that was on my bucket list. Yeah. And my husband made that happen, which, so now I can check that off. Yeah. But yeah, I love traveling. Well, that's why we asked that question. Hopefully, Kevin listens to this podcast, and it's really Ireland is the there next you go. There one, you go, Kevin. Kevin, good news. You're going to Ireland. Congratulations. <laughs> Do you like breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Breakfast? I love pancakes. Mm-hmm. Cracker Barrel pancakes. Yes. Oh, what makes you happy? Probably being with my family, my husband. I love watching sporting events. My kids do their sporting events. Yeah. So just being around them. That's great. And what has running taught you? To work hard. I mean, in everything that you do, you have to work hard. But running, definitely, you have to focus. You have to be consistent in your training. You have to be determined. So all those things together. Yeah. So you, as we talked about earlier, you have family members that were runners. There was certainly a part of it that was in your blood, but you also worked really, really hard to get the accolades that you've received. I did. Yes. A lot of hard work and a lot of miles put in a lot of early mornings. And what's cool about this last race that we, you know, that I'm doing my kids over the year, they got to see me get up early right. and shoot for something. Yeah. And we took a Disney cruise, let's see, in December. And I had to run every single run on the treadmill. And why? Because the Olympic trials is in two months. Yeah. But they saw me get up and I, I ran 12 miles on a treadmill on a rocking ship. Man. But why are you doing it, mama? Because, you know, I have a race coming up. So I, I feel like setting that example for them. Awesome. And you didn't throw up any on that? I didn't. No. <laughs> you got, you, your equilibrium is back in check. That's you're, right. That's right. That was good Good training for your stomach for, uh, for the trials. That's right. Is there a misconception about you, Sharon? Maybe that I'm super nice, but if you mess with my kids, you know, I think a mama bear will come out. <laughs> you, will, you will not receive Southern hospitality. <laughs> you, there you go. Yeah. Let me ask you, what is your favorite holiday? Christmas. What in life do people get wrong? So what do you feel like people sometimes think they have a grasp on, but you're like, no, I don't think that's actually the case. I guess wanting more or maybe people think that if they just have a bigger house or a car or if they have this, they'll be happy. But in reality, like it's, you know, for me, it's just spending time with my family, building memories with them. Mm -hmm sharing experiences with them. So maybe that's the people in your life, not the things in your life. Who inspires you? My husband. Yeah. Hands down my husband and my mom and dad, because they're coming up on uh, 50 years of marriage. That's, that's a long time. And they're going to be in Tennessee to celebrate it. Yes, they are. Man. So cool. Do you have a favorite book or a favorite quote? Favorite book or quote. I know the five love languages is something that I read Early on in my marriage, everybody has a love language and it's either, I think there's five of them. Let's see if I can remember. Acts of service, words of affirmation. Um, time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Time. Have you, have you read it? That's mine. So it's, I know it. Yeah. So <laughs> gifts. Gifts is one. Right. Everyone always asks me, what's yours? And I was like, all of them. They're Kept all mine. So Actually, Kevin, all of them. You do all of them. Truth be told, maybe I am all of them. Acts of service. You know, I think Kevin's words of affirmation. Right. So... 
He's a nice guy. What one piece of advice would you give your younger self? You just ran your first run as a junior high runner. You're just getting started. You can go back and talk to that, Sharon. Any tips you're going to give her? I guess not to forget the small stuff or to stay focused. Yeah. Well, you probably did that. You I did. There. I'm trying to think of something for you. Can well, I say pass? <laughs> yes. Finally, we got a pass. There you go. Let's see. Is it better to be physically tough or mentally tough? Mentally. And I think I'm mentally tough. That's that's been I think a, the child birthing helps as well. Yeah, that's, <laughs> women. That's been a factor in your success is, is your mental toughness. I think so. Yeah. And what is your favorite race distance now? Like what's you know, you can this summer after the trials are behind you, you can run in any race you Probably want. Probably the half, half a half marathon. marathon. Yeah, yeah. That's a good distance. Would you rather run in the hot or run in the cold? Cold. Cold. It's part of you. You've done enough now. All yeah. your big races are in the cold. Might as well just yeah. stay there. Well, I mean, yeah. might as well. Yeah. Conditions are Atlanta are good this week. They're weekend, actually right? good. I mean, but I don't consider that hot. I feel like that's perfect. Yeah, that's good. Would you rather have a hug, a high five, or a fist pump? A hug. Hug. Last one, Sharon Thompson. What is the purpose of life? Purpose of life. I would say doing everything for the glory of God and teaching my children to follow him and then teaching my children right from wrong and teaching them to be good citizens. So if I do that, I think I did a good job. There you go. That will be good. And then just as icing on the cake, after you accomplish those three, you're going to work on our transit system. In That's Nashville. right. There That's right. <laughs> that should keep you fairly busy for the next uh, next bit. I'm super excited to watch the trials this weekend, and I hope you have a, a good race. I really appreciate you coming and joining us for, for this podcast. Me. So close to when you're getting ready to go run in that race. What's your hopes for, for the race? What's what's just kind of your your game plan going in from how you want to feel when you're back in Nashville this time next week? I hope I come home with a PR. That would be awesome. So my fastest marathon is two forty one wow. and some change. Yep. So I would love to get a PR. I've worked hard. And I think I can do it. Elena is a little bit hillier, but I don't think that could stop stop me from getting a PR. No doubt. So uh, do you consider cycle bar part of your training? Or, or I do. Been, I yeah. cross train. So yeah. just on Sunday, I went in and did, and um, we have a power hour and I did the power hour. You know, at the beginning, I would do a little bit of both. So it was just like running and cycling because I couldn't, you know, I started off pretty slow. And then the more I built up, I could do more days of running. And then I'd slowly take out a little bit of cardio, but I've always... I mean, I'm in the studio all the time, so I can hop in a class whenever I want, and that's been good. And you guys have classes at, at Franklin Cycle Bar, like the all morning. throughout the day? Yeah, we have morning, noon, night. Right. Did you start off as like a spin instructor? Is that like what kind of got your interest in, in Cycle Bar? Was that ever in the cards? No, I wasn't a spin instructor. I mean, I've done three boot camps, and I've actually taught someone how to teach, mm -hmm. but I haven't had the time to do that. Right. So, no, I don't teach. And you've been happy with Cycle Bar, though, and its success in Franklin? I have, yeah. yeah. I was happy to bring it to Franklin. We didn't have anything like Cycle Bar in this area, and so. Super cool.
Man, well, best of luck to you and the trials. Thanks again. This podcast will air hopefully 48 hours after you've run the race. So I hope all the running 615 audience goes and looks up Sharon and sends her a message either via Instagram or, or Facebook telling her congratulations. I think it's awesome that you are getting to run in that race. I think it's awesome that you're representing Nashville and that it's close where, where people can go and watch you. But I think it's really cool that, you know, you have just continued on in your running success now, 30 years into it. And I think it's really cool that you came here to talk to us. Oh, about thank it. you so, so much for having you. me. Good luck. this I heard you're a cool dude too. So you did. Yeah. Who told you? Chris, Chris, Chris Duncan Kyle. is a Come terrible character, <laughs> but I will accept flattery just the same. Thanks again, Sharon. Good luck this weekend. Thank you.